in it, on it, with it, in it, on it, with it. You heard that commercial? Uh, not until you just recently uh, <laughs> had me listen to it. So let's say I can uh, understand why it's catchy now. Yeah, it's a it's a dumb commercial for Papa John's. In case uh, anybody out there hasn't heard it, uh, and it's a very catchy jingle for a garlic covered pizza that looks very gross. But you know, it's catchy. Well, yeah, so that's that's what they're going for. I, something I've always always been like a pet peeve since we started doing this podcast is uh, when Nick always says yada yada yada, and then. Now that there's the T-Mobile commercial that says it too with nada yada yada, I'm just like, you really can't do that anymore. It just comes out of me. Like, I can't control that. <laughs> and so he brought up the Papa John's commercial, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I see why that's catchy. Yeah, because that jingle's been stuck in my head for two weeks, and I refuse to get the pizza because, like I said, it looks pretty gross. But Well, the, uh, the T-Mobile commercial is not catchy in any by any stretch of the means. It's just kind of annoying. Yeah, they tried to be catchy, but <laughs> didn't land very well. Well, we're open by accident. I'm Matt. I'm Nick. Hey, we're trying something a little different here. We're we're gonna hold our mics in our hands, so if you hear a little interference, we apologize. But uh, hopefully, this works we out. Were, we were kind of talking it out, and it's like like Nick's saying, you know, uh, maybe uh, if we had like something to kind of like a cradle to set it in, you know, when it were our hands getting tired of holding it, that sort of thing. Or if we need to use our hands for yeah. something, you know, yeah. like hugging each other or something. <laughs> well, I don't think we're gonna be hugging each other, but now we can kind of <laughs> lounge, relax, and uh, not yeah. feel like we're. Uh, you know, leaning up on each other because we don't have like the most ideal setup yet, but we're working on it. We're getting it's there all in time. Uh, so we're hoping to get some boom arms, you know, in the near future. And I think that'll be a, that'll be a big, big thing for us. So a step in the right direction. Yeah. So you want me to get started or, uh, yeah. What's new with you? Well, I mean, it's not really new. You knew I did this, but, um, earlier this month I went to, uh, an AEW all elite wrestling, uh, live show in uh, the Kansas City area. I was, was going to say, anytime they come local, you you try to go. So <sighs> Yeah. Uh, it was a little different this time around, you know, because I guess earlier this year and the years or the couple years that I've been doing this prior to when they're in like the Kansas City area, the next week they're usually in St. Louis as well. And it's about the same trip either direction for us. Um, but uh, it was just Kansas City this go around and uh, it, we were there for Title Tuesday. It was uh, uh, a different night. It's normally on Wednesday nights for Dynamite. Okay. A little burping. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> the the big thing about this night was uh, it was the debut match of Adam Copeland, aka Edge, in cool. AEW. So that was a, it. Was a cool thing to be there for. Um, the card was pretty good. Um, it, it, I mean, it had, like I said, Adam Copeland. Uh, he faced off against Luchasaurus, which was a fun match. Um, we got to see a title change. We got to see Hakira um, uh, Shida win the AEW women's title. She beat Soraya. Gotcha. Um, we didn't get to see um, the John Moxley match because he was not quite cleared. I guess maybe he's been in concussion protocol. And uh, so in his place for the international title was uh, Orange Cassidy, and he actually won the title that night uh, back from Ray Phoenix. I got to see my favorite wrestler, Hangman, uh, wrestle. He uh, wrestled Jay White, which would have been a cool match, but we kind of figured there was going to be interference. It wasn't going to be a clean match because the way they're pushing Jay White and uh, Hangman, uh, of course, uh, Swerve came out and interrupted. Of course. Um you know, the, the, the Swerve Strickland 
Brian Danielson match was kind of the same way. Hangman came and interrupted the match, really? you know. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho got his ass beat by Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, <laughs> we got to see, I think, I don't know if this was the first time we got to see one of her new vignettes of Tony Storm, uh, where she's now timeless Tony Storm, and she's doing silent movies in black and white. It's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was. we definitely got to see some timeless Tony Storm because uh, the people I went with were kind of looking over at each other like, what the heck is this? So wait, so you're saying her gimmick is silent movies or she's literally doing she, silent movies? Her gimmick is more of like now a, um, like an, an, like an early teens movie star. Okay. Like the silent film era. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. when she like comes on the air now, she's all in black and white and, okay. and, and, uh, you know, as far as how it's depicted and that sort of thing and the way she talks and presents herself. And it's definitely interesting. I've never yeah, seen that it's, before. It's, it's something <laughs> in wrestling. So <laughs> got to see MJF. Um, cool. Was he uh, and, hilarious as usual? Yes. Yes. Uh, and I mean, like even like last night when I was watching AEW, I mean, it, he, he faced off last night against um, one member of the Bullet Club. Oh, it was uh, it was the loud mouth. But anyways, it was a great match. And I mean, AEW is doing so many things right, in my opinion. It's so much fun to watch. Um, and then uh, we got to see an Eddie Kingston match uh, uh, for the Ring of Honor World title. It's cool. Title Tuesday. So Title Tuesday, I mean, it was a pretty good card. Um, it was fun. Uh, as always, I was there with, uh, you know, a couple of my favorite people and, and some new people went along with us. It was nice meeting some new faces. Um, the only downside was, is I had a bad seat. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you too high up or too far away? No, we were, we were on the floor, which is fine. Usually, I mean, we've had really good seats on the floor, but we're typically really close to like the, the ringside entrance ramp, not, you know, more ringside, but like the, uh, the but you could see ramp. him come in. So you could see him come in yeah. and, and uh, you know, in the past I've gotten to like high five some of the wrestlers and that sort of Hell thing. Yeah. That's where I learned that Ricky Starks has really soft hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but uh, this, this time around uh, I was kind of like in the middle of the section uh, on the floor. Um, and I was seated behind, behind somebody that had at least six to eight inches on me. Um, and that was without the Afro. Really? <laughs> So I felt bad, but if I wanted to watch any wrestling, I had to be standing up. So of course I was like the only one in the, in my area standing up, but it's like, I could not see anything. I didn't have an angle anywhere because I was, you know, like seven rows deep seated behind somebody quite large. (laughs) I, uh, I can't think of the movie right now, but there's a movie where a guy's seated behind somebody with a big old Afro and then he kind of uncovers a tiny TV within the afro and puts a little earbud in to watch the, the show since you know, he can't see within the yeah. gap. So. Well, I found my, you know, they had like monitors up high and I found myself okay. looking up at the monitors. When so at I least you saw down. the highlights if you yeah. wanted to. And, stuff. And, and, you know, I had a better, when, you know, we were situated where we could easily see the, uh, the entrance ramp. So, I mean, I just turned around and had perfect view of the ring entrance and everything, but the actual matches themselves, it was a little bit of a struggle. So, yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, it was fun. I mean, you know, my friends that went with me offered to change seats, you know, when like Hangman came out, cause I knew I was a big fan. I'm just like, nah, it's cool. And, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. You yeah, know, <laughs> we've, uh, we've always been known to take one for the team. So, you yeah, know. I, I definitely did. I mean, I, cause I would have felt bad for anybody else in our group to sit where I was sitting. Yeah. Uh, cause I can't remember his name, but one of, uh, my other friends, 
you know, as a friend of a friend mm-hmm. that met us there. And, and I had six inches on him. So him sitting, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh man, no way. And it's one of those things where it's like, when we take one for the team, it's, we're not going to complain about the whole time. You know, we don't want to, you know, make somebody's night no, even worse, you know? And yeah, that's the thing yeah. is I still had fun and it almost became like a game trying to get an angle <laughs> around his afro. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but um, so going back, I don't watch a lot of uh, wrestling. As no, you do knows. not. Um, so you said title Tuesday. So that's literally just a night where they switch titles or uh, potentially. They well, it was I think it was just kind of like there were going to be some title matches because you so had the international title. You had the women's title on the line. So they called it title Tuesday and it was preempted for something else because it like I said, dynamites usually on Wednesday nights and it's a lot. It's live a live event. Gotcha. Um, and we went on a Tuesday instead of a. Okay. They just call it just Title did, Tuesday. I just didn't know if they had just like all no, the time so, Title Tuesdays. No, like 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 uh, that. What you're thinking of is they have uh, like a little small event that they do called Battle of the Belts, okay. and it's the best way I can describe Battle of the Belts for like somebody that's understands and's watched wrestling of the past, but doesn't necessarily watch AEW now because it doesn't have a huge. Um, audience like wrestling did in the 90s or 2000s even um, it's it's like clash of the champions okay okay um, where it's it's kind of like almost like a mini pay-per-view but yeah. they've done eight battle of the belts and they just did one this past saturday and literally the cool thing about battle of the belts is every match on that card is a title match see and that's what i'm saying it's yeah. like you know even if you you miss some of the some of the, uh, you know, I don't know what they call just their normal nights of wrestling um, that you watch, but but making sure you stick around for, like, the Battle of the Belts and seeing, you know, right. the next, you know, up-and-coming well, yeah, champion, if you will. Well, yeah, because Collision's on Saturday nights now, and it's a live event, and literally, like, it was Collision from 7 to 9, and then Battle of the Belts was from 9 until 10 okay. at the same venue, the same live event. So literally that's what people got extra because when you go to like a Dynamite, you're you're not just getting the two-hour show. You're getting the taping of Rampage the uh, for the following Friday. Right. And then like usually you get like something extra special. Like we opened up with the Eddie Kingston match and I can't pronounce the other guy's name, but he's he's great. He's a Japanese wrestler. Um, and that was like on YouTube. Um, and we were there live for that right before Dynamite went off the air. Or went on the air, I'm sorry. Um, and then like there's all kinds of like little things that they do, little segments in between, you know, like set up between uh, Dynamite and Rampage or after the show even. And like uh, we were there, for, like I said, Title Tuesday. It was actually Tony Khan's birthday that day. Oh, no Tony Khan, for those that don't know, is the owner of AEW, and like literally, like uh, the like a lot of the crew out back and wrestlers come out and sing "Happy Birthday" with the crowd in between the two shows. That's awesome. Uh, you know, present them with a birthday cake and stuff, and and then uh, you know after Rampage taping, they bring him back out again and and do it again. So. Um, so you basically had a Tony Khan birthday party. Yeah, as well totally. As it was it was literally like we were. It was Tony Khan's birthday party. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, another AEW news that you'll understand because you're such a casual watcher. I like the hype. That's, yeah, that's why I watch. Um, so they recently announced, uh, or Sting recently announced that he is uh, retiring Dang. at AEW Revolution. How old is he? He's in his early six, six mid 
early to mid sixties. Okay, it's time. Yeah, yeah. it's. T- I'm not upset that quit he's... while you're ahead. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And don't run yourself into the ground like some wrestlers. <laughs> right, and and that's the thing is he's had some time off here and there, um, and he has technically retired before, uh, but he was kind of forced into it. This is kind of on his own terms. He's kind of you know this was. Probably when he signed with AEW, he knew going in, okay, this is my last ride. This is my last hoorah. I'm going to enjoy it. And we've gotten some really good matches out of him. We've gotten some really good segments. And um, he's really helped, I think, elevate Darby Allen's career because that's who he's been kind of tagging with because he usually wrestles, wrestles in tag matches. Um, so anyways, um, la- that was last week he made that announcement. Gotcha. And then this week, uh, Tony Khan had said, well, hey, I got a special gift for you because of your announcement and they brought out Ric Flair. So Ric Flair made his debut into AEW. Really? Supposedly he's along for the ride with Sting in his last hoorah. Hoorah. Because, I mean, basically Revolution's like probably going to be like March, April-ish. So we've got another like five, six months of Sting. So maybe Ric Flair will be in his corner, which will be interesting, you know, because they were, you know, the definition of rivals in WCW. Yeah. So I mean, with with you know Christian and Edge and, and you got Ric Flair and I have a I have a Sting, feeling I, mean, I have a they're setting up like a a three on three tag match for the November pay per view which is full gear and it's going to be Luchasaurus, uh, the child wrestler I can't think of his name and um, everybody's father Christian, okay. uh, but it's going to be Darby Allen and Sting on the other side and they haven't picked their third man but I think it's going to be Adam Copeland okay, okay. because uh, they're they're Adam Copeland is trying to, you know, form reform the tag team with Christian, but Christian so has nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. So they are going for like kind of a rivalry, not not well, that's just it, is they're not technically going for a rivalry. They are technic Adam Copeland wants to tag up with Christian again. But Christian doesn't want to have anything to do with that. Gotcha. Well, because he's got his own thing going in AEW. Right. He's got his own little newcomer. Yeah, he's got his own little Makes crew sense. and and he's like, I don't want to be tagging with your old ass, you know, I've yeah. got, I've got, I'm, I'm established. He's the TNT champion and he's Are good. They the same age. They're probably similar in age. Similar. I mean, I figured. you know, within a couple of years, I'd say, um, the other so thing, early mid fifties. The other thing I wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. the person I always liked watching jungle boy, what's up with him? <laughs> Suspended still. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> at least that's the, uh, I mean, they haven't put him back on. He hasn't, we haven't seen him since the London pay-per-view. Damn. All right. So, yeah, he was part of the whole CM Punk exit. Uh, he triggered, you know, something in CM Punk where he couldn't hold back, and we haven't seen him since. Yeah. So, well, I hope he comes back. I enjoyed watching his. Yeah, his moves, so. I mean, he's 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 not too bad of a wrestler. He's still got a lot of learning to do. But yeah. uh, my fear is is with this recent situation that like when his contract's up, he's like heading out the door. So we'll see. I guess we'll <clears> see. <throat> yeah. We'll see. Um. So you were mentioning to me that uh, moving on from AEW, uh, you've been playing DayZ again. Yep. Yeah. Well, I never stop. You know, <laughs> it's one of those games. But you've where... been playing it a, a bit more in the past twenty four hours than. Yeah. So um, there's a new update coming out, one point two three for console because I play on Xbox. I don't play on um, a PC. Um, with this new update, it, uh, it's going to include a bunch of stuff, um, a lot of uh, hot fixes and stuff like that. A new gun, which is going to be cool. Um, but is at the this same a time, sniper rifle that I've heard about on, yeah. So it's a, so it's a DMR. Um, I can't remember what it's modeled after or what they called it in games. I haven't seen it in game yet. It's pretty elusive. Um, 
but it's supposed to be like 308 chambered. You know, I think it's a 15 round clip. I mean, it's going to be the god of snipers in this game. Um, so with that, they they released uh, experimental servers, or they've had them, but they updated them for the 1.23 update that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and they had a few servers where it's just like you know normal official where you survive and you can find all the new stuff they've added and, and uh, play with it, uh, as well as some PvP servers where they basically spawn you next to Northwest Airfield so you can potentially find the new sniper rifle and check that out. Um, but one of the reasons why I jumped into it like uh, in the past 24 hours is um, our buddy Daniel, who's been on the podcast with us. Um, he's wanted to play for a long time, but it's a very tough game to get into. It's right. one of those games where you just got to play, die, play, die over and over and over until you get the gist of, of how to survive. And it's a tough game, especially when you want to play with your friends because you well, spawn yeah. And to kind of explain why, why it's so hard is there's, there's not really a map. Nope, there is an in-game map, but you have to find one. <laughs> All of the road signs to get directions are in... Russian. Yes. Russian. Yes. Um, you have totally random spawns, and you cannot spawn nearby your friends. Correct. So with this new update, which is why I'm you know trying to bring my friends into the, into the fray with me, um, they have updated it so you don't necessarily spawn. I thought it was a mechanic where you would spawn next to your friends. That's not the case. The case is they have a designated spawn point for all fresh spawns in a certain town, if you will. So do you get to pick that town? No. And it changes every like couple of hours. So like if we're all spawning into a server at the same time, we'll all spawn in the same town together so we can find each other. I mean, me and me and Daniel found each other within like five minutes because we just like he picked out a, a building that looked, you know, that noticeable. And I went to that building and he was there. Yeah, because when I've played in the past with you and our other brother, Thomas, um, like we have like maybe a two, three hour session. And I remember playing for like two, th- two hours, finally finding you. And then like, we're, we're finally grouped together. And then we played for like 15 more minutes because somebody had to go. Yep. Yep. And it was just like, we spent our play session trying to find each other. And that's been the issue for a very long time. So now hopefully, I mean, it's not like, like if you group up together and you go inland to be like a, to find a military base and you die, yeah. you're still going to spawn back at the coast. You're not going to spawn next to your friends. And the location that you spawned in is probably going to change to a different spot because it's like time time lapse intervals. Gotcha. You know? So it's just because you found each other, but that initial finding each other is so much easier now. So you yeah. can really just spawn next to each other and then you know take a go. And then if it doesn't work out, is it like Rust server. where you can add people to your team and then like, no, there's yeah. no way to tell who's on your team besides, besides like armbands clo- or like clothing, remembering what they're wearing. What they're wearing. Yeah. So it's very easy to kill your teammates too. Yeah. So yeah. And the, the, the way the game works is if you die, it's not like, you know, you go down and your buddy can pick you up. It's just either a black screen because you're unconscious or it's a red screen that says you are dead. And yeah. you don't know who did it, where they were, you know. So, like, we were playing last night and we had, um, we didn't get a whole lot of good luck, but we had um, a fair amount. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to defend ourselves against zombies. And then I just, my screen just says you are dead. And he's like, yeah, somebody came around the corner and <laughs> shot you in the side of the head. I'm like... Didn't even see him. <laughs> so, nice. So he ended up getting the revenge for me. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, just hold I'll, on to the loot because I'm back on the bait, back on the beach. So yeah, I'll try to find you. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the idea of Daisy. I just I found it um, almost too realistic to, and it took the fun out of the game yeah. because, it, you know, I think the worst mechanic of that game for me was the like how you have to eat and heal yourself and that's the big thing and and that's the thing i see a lot on when i'm watching streamers play it on pc 
is that's how you make friends usually is because everybody's trying to find food. So you like work together to, you know, go fishing, cook right. it up, you know, and that's how you become allies because you're If you're willing to stuff. share food, yeah. that means you're a good guy. Yeah, like, like you know, <laughs> you'll come across somebody with a hook and you have a fishing pole and it's like, all right, well, let's team up. We'll get ourselves fed, and yeah. then we can talk about and splitting the, up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let's, so let's feed each other, and then we can uh, part ways if yeah. necessary. And, and that's that's why I love the game so much, is because you never know what you'll come across. There's a lot more um, in-game voice chat than there is on like Rust and stuff because of how relentless the game is, you know, and the amount of things you can do, like tie each other up and interrogate them and steal their stuff, rob them, everything right. like that. So like last night, me and Daniel were playing. And uh, we spawned on the coast, and we found a locked garage. And if it's a locked garage with a lockpick, you can just bash it open with a melee weapon. So I did that, and what was inside was a car, fully functioning car, all wheels, everything. It was missing the battery and the spark plug, which usually people carry around with them so people can't, you know, just steal their car. In this new update, you can now push cars. So we pushed the car out of the garage, you know, to see if we can maybe, like, push start it, but there's no battery, so I don't know if that's how that works or not. So we basically were like, well, we can't steal it, so let's take the wheels off and hide them. So we got all the wheels off the car. We got them, you know, hidden pretty well. And as Daniel is taking the fourth wheel to hide it, uh, who shows up but the four-man group who owns the car, <laughs> fully geared up. And <laughs> and they're like, hey, what you doing with that tire? Catch him red-handed, you know, see him with yeah. the wheel in his hands. He's like, Where you, where'd you put the rest of the wheels? And we're standing there like, oh, no. Like, they have ghillie suits. They have, you know, tons of guns. And we have, like, a pistol amongst us, too. A pistol between two of you. <laughs> so he gets scared, you know, and he, he tells me after the whole situation that he, he got scared immediately. So he shows him immediately where the wheels were. I'm like, okay, well, that was our only, <laughs> bargaining, was our only chip. bargaining chip and you gave it away. <laughs> so they were pretty nice to him. And um, uh, they're like, just show us the wheels. We won't kill you, you know, and he starts showing the wheels. And I just take off running into the town to hide because I'm like, once they know where all the wheels are, then they're going to murder us. Yep. There's no point in keeping us alive. Yep. So I go in a hide and I'm kind of watching from afar and they're, they are pretty friendly with him. Um, I try taking a shot at one of them. You know, and obviously it doesn't pan out and they come and murder me and like, oh, why'd your friend try shooting us? You know, they're still kind of friendly with him. Um, he ends up hiding from them and and, and tries to, uh, to get away. But they um, and he ends up getting away from them and doesn't die. And they just drive away and, you know, they got away with the vehicle. And I was like, dang it, you know, and I died. So I respawned in that same town. So that was where we spawned. Right. Met back up with him. Um, but it's just kind of funny. It was like, you know, if we had been there just a couple of minutes beforehand, you know. We would have had that bargaining chip to be like, oh, well, we know where the wheels are. Give us some well, loot. Well, you still technically did. But they literally caught him red-handed with the wheel in his hand. So they knew that we stole the right, wheels. Right, but he did, they didn't know where the other three wheels were. Right. They probably would have found them because they weren't, like, too far. Because it's, it, it's so slow walking with a wheel in your hands. Oh, I can only imagine. If, yeah. if we were closer to the water, like if it was a garage close to the water, I would have just thrown the wheels in the water, and then they couldn't have even got them, you know. Yeah. But it was the kind of thing where we just hit them in a bush and, and hope for the best, and they showed up right as we're finishing the hiding. It's like, God dang it. And it was a group of four, you know. They had picked up a random with them that they were friendly with. So it was a group of five, but one of them had, like, no gear. And I was like, yeah, us two with one pistol against a group of five is not going to Not going to happen. No, so, no, but it's, it's like, not you, know, well. you never know what you'll come across in that right. game. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's, that is kind of a fun story. Yep. So that's what I've been playing. Uh, I'll probably continue to play it, especially once the 1.23 gets released on official servers. I'm definitely going to jump into that and, and enjoy that. Okay. Um, but, yep, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, uh, we thought on this episode we might talk about uh, a lot of... I've, I've been, I went on a kind of a rampage um, buying a bunch of PlayStation items. I've never really been a big PlayStation collector. I've always been known for, like, my Xbox collection. You don't say. Yeah, I have, I, I have amassed probably 
between Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 games. Probably 1,500 plus when you count all like the sealed games that I have boxed away for that rainy day, I guess. How many of those have you played, Matt? A few. <laughs> a few. I have a I have a pretty pretty decent size uh, gamer score on Xbox. That's what I was gonna say. I think the good thing for you is that you or used to be or you kind of are still an achievement whore. So you, yeah, you definitely I found motivation playing. Yeah, my you Xbox played the games. Three sixty plus games. Oh yeah, there's games that I've <laughs> played because it's just like, oh well, you know, there's not a lot of people that have this achievement. I'll, yeah. I'll go get Duck Dynasties, or I can get a thousand gamer score in five minutes. So sure, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll check this game out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of games that I've played based solely on the fact that uh, gamer score was the motivating factor. And really quick, um, we had uh, kind of shot the shit about possibly uh, starting to play games and get the achievements done, and 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 putting that right. up for you guys. Like so. open, uh, basically starting a new Xbox account. Uh, for the podcast where essentially we go achievement hunting yep and we basically do let's plays but getting every achievement within the game um right so if anybody's interested in maybe watching that uh, give us a shout yeah let let us know know. um so anyways moving back to playstation um i i did have a playstation when it was new i had a place playstation 2 uh, pretty close to launch. Um, it was the because uh, I did start with a Dreamcast during that generation, and then I immediately moved to PlayStation Two when they discontinued it. Um, but I had sold my PlayStation Two uh, probably to fund another game system, or I just wasn't interested because I quickly moved to the original Xbox and then became a huge Xbox fan at that point. Yeah. Um, so I've I've never re- in my collecting days, which kind of started around two thousand four. I never really collected for PlayStation or PlayStation 2. It was always like Nintendo-based games or Xbox, and mostly Xbox because the original Xbox kind of triggered me being a collector. Um, So we thought we'd talk about a few few of the games that I've picked up. I've probably picked up... Well, let's... let's, I probably went from like seven games on PlayStation 2 to like close to 60. Jeez. In this past like three or four months. Um, I mean, I had, I, I didn't cost me a lot of money out of pocket, um, and I'd find deals too. So anyways, I thought we'd kind of talk about a little bit about each of the games. Some of them we haven't played yet, uh, and some of them we'll get to, uh, eventually, and maybe we'll talk about more in depth later, but I just yeah. kind of thought I'd share a small stack of them. I got like 10 games here. Right. And, and, you know, growing up, it, it, you mentioned that you weren't really a PlayStation guy, um, our dad had a PS2. I can't remember how he got it. I think he got it from somebody from work or something like that. And so I remember playing that a bunch. But yeah, I never remember you know playing a bunch of PlayStation 2 with you. It was always either Xbox or something else like that. You know, right, right. So it was always playing PS2 with my brother Thomas or my dad. And then whenever you came over, it was Xbox time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the idea is I kind of want to get games that are exclusive to the PlayStation uh, systems, or they are just not on xbox Uh, i don't i don't buy or collect for the gamecube of this of that generation uh but um i mean i'd rather have the game on xbox because it's typically cheaper so this is more for the games that you can't get anywhere else and that's why i decided to go ahead and i'm gonna go ahead and dive in and because you know we wanted the i wanted the gun con stuff so i bought that we talked about that but these are more of like um the action adventure games uh you know some rpgs and just some other random stuff. But okay. this uh, first game I got is uh, Maximo uh, Ghost to Glory. This is um, 
an action adventure game. Uh, it, it, I guess it would be kind of more like maybe like a, a 3d ghost and goblins or, um, type game. It is made by Capcom. Okay. Uh, I did play it a little bit. It's, it's going to be like, probably like a collect-a-thon, but, uh, 3d platformer, um, you know, adventure hack and slash type game. Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I will probably eventually put time into it. They did make a sequel to it, um, which I haven't picked up yet because it is a bit pricey, but this one was like in that sub $20 range. Um, but, um, that's for a complete copy because I'm I'm trying to get complete copies of the games. Uh, and that's about it. I don't want to do disc only or missing yeah, booklets and that yeah, sort of thing. the whole thing. Especially and, for the aestheticness, you know? Because, I mean, some of those covers are beautiful. Yeah, and that PlayStation 2 generation, they were um, uh, typically, you could buy them in a complete in-box form. Gotcha. So Yeah, I remember seeing Maximo at stores and stuff um, way back when, but uh, that was one I never really picked up or, or got to play. Yeah, I guess it, it lived and died on the PlayStation 2. They made the two games that I know of, and they're only on PlayStation 2. So there's two, two. Maximos? Yep, there's another oh, okay. one. It's like Army of Zen is the sequel. Okay. I haven't, I haven't picked that one up because it's like a $40, $50 game. Oh, okay. So the next, might, That might be just <clears throat> because, you know, it's it was later in the life. and Yeah. So yeah. This next game, I actually have, uh, I only pulled out the one, but I did pick up both of them. I picked up uh, the Getaway and the Getaway Black Monday. Okay. Uh, these are basically the PlayStation exclusive answer to Grand Theft Auto. It it is an open world like Grand Theft Auto style game set in London, um, and they made two of them. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I remember the getaway. I saw it in every used game store, or whatever. Yeah. but I didn't even know that they made a second one. They made a second one. <laughs> so, well, the interesting thing about the first getaway is I had somehow. Like, I think it was from a yard sale uh, over the summer. I bought a big PlayStation collection, and there was the getaway in there, but it was missing the booklet. And I went into one of our local game stores, and they had a really nice, clean copy. Um, that was like five bucks. And I'm like, uh, I might as well, because that way I can have the manual, and this one's really clean. I can probably flip the other one for Fair. a couple bucks. But when they sold it to me, it was like a... Um, I can't remember exa- I don't have the disc in front of me, but it was like almost like a preview disc instead of like the actual one. Like it was a not for resale version. It and was it, the full game. But it's the full it's the oh, full okay. game. So I actually have two different versions. So I ended up not selling mine. Yeah. Because I have two versions of the original getaway because they are different when you boot them up. Really? Yeah. There That's are cool. differences in the menu and that sort of thing. So I think it'd be kind of interesting to play through both of them and find out what the differences are from the not for resale version versus the, I guess, the bona fide like retail release. And it is a full version. It's not yes, like it's like a it demo, the like game. the first level or no, anything. That's no, cool. That's no. pretty cool. It, like, everything appears to be that it's the full game. So I'm it's kidding. like interesting. So, yeah. but yeah, that, that disc was in that really clean copy that I got from the local game store, whereas the one I previously had. Then I found this one at the the same store, and it was like ten bucks. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and get it." And that way, I'm ready to go if I really like it. Um, so you said it plays like Grand Theft Auto, not like Driver. I kind of always figured it would play like more like the Driver games. I was under the impression that it's more of like a Grand Theft Auto. Like, do you go do you go on foot and shoot people? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Driver's pretty much all in the car. All in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. This one I was most excited for. This is kind of what triggered me getting back into, yeah, or, or getting into collecting PlayStation Two. Uh, this is a, a Koi game. It's a Coliseum Road to Freedom. This is a um, a gladiator 
style game where it's kind of got some like RPG elements, uh, but essentially you start with absolutely nothing and you have to basically uh, earn your freedom by fighting as a gladiator. So you have to like rank your character up and buy weapons as you win fights. And then, you know, you can use those weapons in fights. You can take weapons from people, armor from people that you've killed in the, uh, you know, the Coliseum. What's the, uh, what's the gameplay like the fighting? Uh, it's not too bad. I mean, is it like live action or yeah, it's third person. Yeah. It's like third person. It's not, uh, like a strategy game or Cause that's know, the one like, that we played on Xbox was Gladius that we, that we enjoyed, which was a turn based. So I know, I know you played that with our older brother. You never Chris. played that one. I never played that. So one. That was, that's just same thing, but it's all turn based combat. And you actually have this a team is not of gladiators. This is, this is, so yeah, that's more, more action oriented. That's cool. Um, that's what kind of was the draw for me. Um, it, it plays really well and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I can definitely see being very easily putting in a lot of time into this. Uh, it is two players, but I haven't gotten to that point uh, where we, you and I have sat down to play it to find yeah. out how the two-player is. I don't know if it's just like versus fighting or if, like maybe you, there's like some sort of like branching off story mode for two players. It'd be I'm really probably cool. expecting too much by asking that. It would be really cool if it was kind of like how Gran Turismo is where you pop in your memory card and you you know, boot up your cars, but you oh, boot and then up your, you, yeah, your, and then you, your Coliseum your, Warriors. Your Coliseum you know? Warriors like, and oh, there's my dude. Who's yeah, <laughs> he's got all this armor and this, this weapon and that that'd sort be, of thing. Let's see how cool. you face off. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, so this next one was just more of like an impulse buy because I was oh, man. Um, kind of interested in starting to get into that survival horror genre because I've never really been into it. But I picked up Extermination, um, another PlayStation 2 exclusive. That game. Um, don't really know anything about it, but it's just a survival horror game. It's an early release on the PlayStation 2. So I've never seen a full copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a game that we had some kind of demo disc growing up. And I played the demo of Extermination a lot. It was a very cool, scary game. You know, you're fighting aliens and weird creatures and shit. Well, now I've got um, it if you want to buy yeah, it definitely and play through it. So. Literally, you just get the first level in the demo. So it's like, I've aced that first level, but I didn't know where the rest of the game went. That. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. So um, the next game I picked up, this one's uh, from Sammy Studios and Sega. This one's a little known title. Um it's been featured, I know, on YouTube channels as a hidden gem. Um, it's called Spy Fiction. Never heard of Very that Very generic name. There is absolutely no description on the back of the case. Uh, there is a Game Informer quote saying, blows other PS2 titles completely out of the water. And then it tells you about some mechanics in the game, but this, is, I'm guessing, is like a um, stealth-type spy game. Uh, it... It, I, my understanding is, is probably the dialogue is pretty goofy, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it plays really well. I got a, I got a deal on it. It's a, it's a pretty pricey game or what I consider pricey. It usually hovers around the $50 range. Really? And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a PlayStation two game, I think that's pricey from but, the cover. It looks like a game that somebody made in Photoshop. So, <laughs> or, you know, it, it looks like the game that you'd probably find in a budget bin. That, and there's like 25 copies of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, from my understanding, it is a pretty decent game. Really? Uh, and it's it's hard to find. Okay. Well, let's check that one out then. Yeah. I, I enjoy the games that look like they're terrible, and then they turn out to be really fun games. So yeah. hopefully yeah. that's the case. Um, this next one is kind of exclusive to the PlayStation 2. It's uh, Call of Duty World at War Final Fronts. Really? So I guess it's got like a unique campaign to the PlayStation 2. Uh, this was a bargain find. I found this for a dollar. You know, I didn't even know they put out World at War on 
Yeah, they did. Here it is. Old gen consoles. What the <laughs> hell? Well, not on uh, Xbox. This would have been uh, by this time. You know, they had already moved on to the Xbox 360 because this was like a 2007, 2008 release or something. Yeah, like I thought it was 360 in PS3. You know, no, here it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it. I understand. <laughs> that. I'm just saying. I thought. So I, I. That's cool. Call of Duty World at War is probably my favorite Call of Duty ever. I, uh, I, 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 so that's why I picked on this one up. Yeah, it's up there that's on my list. One that's it's it's a game I mastered in the online multiplayer. It's uh, a game that I finished on like uh, the highest difficulty. I think that's like hardened or something or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. It says here at the bottom of the back as I'm looking at it that um, Call of Duty World at War Final Fronts offers a companion experience to Call of Duty World at War featuring its own unique set of missions, engagements, and challenges. Right. So it's literally like it's own you have thing. it on 360 and you're like, oh, I want some, some more World some more. at War. Well, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this one I know you're familiar with. I picked it up because I love like the rampaged uh, games or um, there's there's one on Neo Geo or uh, King of Monsters uh, where yeah. it's like the big giant beat em ups, uh, you know, sci fi fantasy monsters fighting each other. This one's War of the Monsters. Yes, this game is interesting. I did start to play it. Uh, it it's a it's like a like a 3D arena like almost one V one fighter. It yep. kind of reminded me a little bit of a game called power stone. Um, just with big giant monsters. Um, there is a lot of characters. Uh, there's a, uh, I, I guess there's 10 monsters. I thought there's more than that, but there's 10 monsters and, and they're, they're all like, they got special abilities. And they're like generic monsters from movies. So you got like a right. Gundam looking well, robot. There's no like license. So, right. so like, so like there's a, a guy King that Kong looks looking gorilla, but his know? name's not King Kong right, and stuff, right. but this game's just fun it's kind of got that feel of an old you know like monster flick yeah i can't remember the friend who i i played it with all the time but this was a game where every time we hung out this was the game inside that, the playstation i can, under- that we I can understand that i mean because you could you can rip the tops off of skyscrapers and impale right. your enemies with it, you know i mean it is a lot of fun it's yeah. a lot of fun game so uh yeah i i, I think this is going to be a lot of fun for those family get-togethers and that sort of thing yeah. and yep. it is exclusive to the playstation too so it's Another one where they like, didn't make okay. any sequels or anything like that. No, not that I'm aware Damn. of. So. That's that's surprising because that's a really good game. I mean, yeah, I, I put hours and hours into that game. So there's a lot of games that went under everybody's radar, including yeah. your own. Like I don't know, Rad, which is yeah, uh, no, robotic alchemic drive. So this one's interesting. It's an Enix game. Um, it's uh, you play as like a teenager. And you control like a robot, remote control, like you're in the third per- person controlling a robot that's also in the third person. <laughs> okay. Um, I picked it up just on that basis alone. And again, it's got some very uh, interesting dialogue that's comical because of the translation is just so bad. Classic. Um, very, uh, it's not, I wouldn't say very rare, but very expensive. <laughs> Really? Well, how much? This is a hundred plus dollar game. Oof. Yeah, this is a hundred plus dollar game, complete in complete form. Just single player. Uh, it is one to two players. Oh, cool. I it it'd be probably hard to play <laughs> split screen. So is it split screen already? Uh, like seeing yourself no, and then seeing like, the robot. You'll see yourself like standing on top of a skyscraper, and then you'll like see in the distance the robot you're controlling. It's kind of badass. It, it it's it's an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's what intrigued me, and I'm like, 
I got a good deal on it, and it was it was one of those things where I was trading for it. So it's like really no more money out of pocket. So I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, this is my opportunity to own this game. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this one kind of caught my eye because, from what I understand, it's basically PlayStation's version of Pikmin. Really, it's the Adventures of Darwin, and really? you're uh, a caveman, and you're basically trying to evolve monkeys into civilization. Okay. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but it was it was kind of like, ah, why not? You know, it's part of that trade deal. So, I'll uh, I'll pick it up, and maybe it'll be a fun play. Uh, but it's I, I guess like a strategy, evolution type game. Yeah, that looks that looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, not too pricey. You know, probably around that twenty dollar range that okay. game goes for. So, but it's a little known game. D3 publisher. Never even heard of them. Yeah, they put out some other stuff. Maybe not necessarily the best of stuff, but they put out some stuff. Okay. Um, the last game, um, this might be a launch title or close to it. Um, I This is probably my most recent PlayStation 2 pickup. Uh, I found this at the um, the recent uh, little Comic Con that we had at our local mall a few oh, weeks yeah. ago. Uh, it's the only thing I really picked up for myself. Well, besides those board games, but yeah, uh, but this is the bouncer. This is from SquareSoft. Um, maybe you can chime in about this one because I picked this up on the basis that I remember you talking about it. Yeah, so this was more of a our brother Thomas. This was um his game. Um, this is a SquareSoft game. So uh, I'm guessing it's an action adventure fighting with RPG elements. So it plays just like Street Fighter, basically. Street uh, Fighter or, or not Street Fighter, but you know Final those fight. Yeah, like a, it's, it's a more of like a... It's a beat-em-up? It's a beat-em-up, but it's like 3D, so you can like go around the rooms, you know, and right. stuff. Um, but it is just fighting. There is not, there's not there's a storyline, um, but okay. it is just matches of fighting. It's not like you roam the world and equip stuff. No, it's just fighting after fighting after fighting. So it's a fun game. Uh, I think that it was picked up for our brother Thomas because it was a Squaresoft game, and it's got that, you know, Final Fantasy vibe. Well, yeah, you look a at big the... Final Fantasy fan. You so. look at the guy on the cover... Looks and like... It, <laughs> and it looks like... The like guy Cloud or something. Cloud, whoever yeah. that character is from Final Fantasy VII with the spiky hair. Yep. Um, looks like him mixed with uh, Titus from Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a cool game. Uh, a lot of cool different characters. A lot of characters to choose from. Um... I never really, I don't remember the storyline hardly at all because I didn't play through it. I just kind of watched my brother play it. And then when we played, we just faced each other because that was the two player mode. Right. Um, but definitely a cool game. I mean, it was a, a good fighter. It's just, it gets boring after a while. You know, it's like World of the Monsters. It's, you it's know? repetitive. Yeah. 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 Repetitive. Okay. Well, it wasn't too bad of price. And it seems like that one's kind of climbing in value as of late. It's around like that $25 mark these days. It's a very unique beat em up. So I could see that. So, well, I love beat em ups. And eventually, as we, dig deeper into my new newly acquired PlayStation 2 library there's a certain beat em up game that I just absolutely adore it's fantastic okay so we'll talk surprise. about that <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that one later so uh well that's all we have for you uh, this episode uh we are open by accident you can catch us on Instagram you can also um check us out uh by emailing us and uh sending us questions or comments or whatever that's open by accident at gmail.com anything else you want to add uh not really um if anybody wants to play day z give me a sh- give me a shout i'll teach you how to play <laughs> yeah <laughs> on on xbox on console, on console. yes on xbox is it cross play with uh like PlayStation? playstation i don't know okay i don't know okay. yeah i didn't know if it was like rust where it was cross play 
Yeah, so. I, I don't think so, but it could be. I don't know. Okay. Well, I noticed that um, you still leaned in. So a little bit, yeah. I think I think uh, once uh, we kind of get the mics in a stationary position with a boom arm, you'll be more comfortable, and maybe we'll have more natural conversation. Yeah, it won't uh, feel forced. I mean, but even like when I'm at home playing video games and stuff, I I get all up in the shit, you know. <laughs> so so I, I tend to just do that occasionally, anyways. Yeah, but having like, the option to lean back when my back starts hurting or something, then hey, you know. That's, yeah, it's kind that's of good. interesting how uh, we find that sitting in the most uncomfortable position when gaming is more comfortable for us, like sitting on the floor as close to the TV as you can or leaning forward in your chair, you know, I think it adds to the focus, you know, like you're more focused if you're uncomfortable right. because if you're getting comfortable, then you're just kind of, you know, not, like, Oh not man, as, I didn't see that guy. Yeah. Well, not as no focused. Dead. So that's how <laughs> I feel at least. So right on. Well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Uh, and, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one, everybody.